Just a little side note, how many of you have gone to some meeting or some gathering? It's, it's rather a large meeting. You're kind of hesitant. You really don't want to go, uh, but you know you should go and you need to go, but you're thinking, man, I, I don't know if I know anybody at all. You're going to feel uncomfortable like a fish out of water. And then you finally go and you see a couple of friendly faces. And you, go, and you go and you sit by them, whether it's at a table or in a pew like this. Probably all of us have done that. Well... That's what Ruth and I are going to feel if you don't show up on National Day of Prayer. You think we're kidding. We're not old veterans at this. We love when we see faces that we know that will be praying for us. So please do your very best. Mark it down uh, while we still can gather, while our nation still hardly, barely recognizes a National Day of Prayer. Show up so that our officials will see that we are serious about serving God. Okay, today, actually, the, the weather's perfect. It is. It's absolutely perfect. Kind of gray, dull, another rainy, stormy day for Pete's sake. Okay, it's kind of like what, where we're at, all right? And it's, it's gloomy, and there's not a whole lot of hope, not a whole lot of stuff you can probably do today. If you're going to grill out, picnic, do something, go golfing, whatever, well, forget it. Well, uh, my son, when he moved to California a few years back, he was quick to uh, email me back. And he said, you know, there's 258 cloudy, overcast days in Ohio. And there's like three in California. Okay, so he was quick because they go out there. It's sun. It's beautiful. The blue skies. Well, what you're seeing out there now, that overcast, that dreariness, that no light, no sunshine, no joy type atmosphere is across our world. You understand? This is the season we are in. You are to be the sunshine. You are to be the light. You are to be those rays of light through that kind of hopelessness that is out in our world no matter where you're at. And if you pay attention, and you probably do because it happens to you, when that sun, if it's bright and sunny tomorrow, man, everybody's kind of kind of bounced to their step because that gray and dreary and stuff is dampness is gone. And that's what you are to be to this sin-sick fallen world. You are. You have a purpose. Okay? God saves you for a purpose. And he tells that uh, tells us this in our opening text. Jeremiah 29, 11, it's a text that you know and have used probably on many people that you're trying to introduce to the Lord. You understand, you're not just living now, sucking God's air, trying to cut out a living just to get by, just to do this and then die. No, you're here for a reason. And so we'll use the scripture when God says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. God's thinking about you this morning. And he goes, by the way, he says, these are thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end, I have a plan for you, a purpose. A reason why you're here and alive now in this dreary, complex, scary atmosphere that we are living in. And we know that Romans 8, 28 tells us, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them, to them who are the called, listen, according to his purpose, God's purpose, not our purpose. And so God does have a purpose. And God sent his son to die for you, that you might know Christ, that you might have salvation. But after salvation comes God's purpose for your life. There was another cloudy, dreary time in the life of God's people. 
Mordecai and Esther. Remember that story? Where the king sent a decree and he signed it to kill every Jew on sight. And if you kill the Jew, you can have their belongings and homes and cars and chariots and all that stuff. Now you know that the Jew was then on the top of the list. And he wanted the queen Esther to go into the king. And remember that great scripture that was written there in Esther 4.14. And this is what God would say to you and I today. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? This is why you're alive. For such a time as this, Esther had her time. And now it's your time, God is saying. There is a purpose and a reason, but not without a fight. Us Americans aren't good fighters. Us Christian Americans are not good fighters. Zechariah 3.1. You've heard this scripture many times. Then showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. You are high and lifted up. Like you were just singing. No other name. Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, which is a type of Christ. And it says, and Satan standing at his right hand, ready to resist him, to buffet him, to stop him, to fulfill God's purpose. It happened to our Lord. It happened to Christ. Luke 4.1 says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness, being 40 days, tempted of the devil. This is the fight. This is the season that we are now in. Great perplexity. Great confusion. Great unrest like never before. And if you back up from Luke 4 and just go to Luke 3, I just want to show you this. Luke 3, 23 says, And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, then led into the wilderness. 30 years of age. Listen, he's got three years to go to fulfill the Father's will. After 30 years of being on this earth, he's now within shouting distance. He's now within... 100, 200 yards, turning the last corner, sees the finish line. He's three years away after all the years. It seems like the most, that most of the time, the hardest temptations that you and I have to endure come at the time of our greatest usefulness to the kingdom of God. You understand, God spends 30 years molding and forming and pouring in the word of God and then all hell breaks out in you. You will find yourself, if not even today, violently opposed in your mind and in your heart. An opposition that comes against you in such fierceness that you swear it's from hell itself. You might not even know where it comes from or why. Thoughts that are attempting to push you away from the what God has called you to be in Christ. Thoughts bombard you. Has God's to push you away. Christ, Christ himself was ultimately tempted to abandon his purpose. We are in this kind of season. We are in this, seems like this unbearable bombardment of your mind. No one, no one can carry this burden. It's too heavy, too heavy for you. 
No one person, as Christ struggled in the garden, sweat drops as blood is what the Word of God tells us. We are in. We are totally in this kind of season. You are in this. Men's heart failing them for fear, for what they see, because they have no hope. We are in a great time of uncertainty like never before. Never before. Absolutely never before. Under great stress stress and pressure. The world, the earth groaning under this pressure and weight of sin. But this is what the enemy does. Hath God said, the weight's too heavy for you. Impossible. You can't do this. Right before the, the greatest fulfillment. That can happen in a man's life and a purpose for his life for being here. You understand God's purpose for your life is not that all your bills are always paid and your car runs. David found himself hiding in a cave, running for his life. Trying not to breathe heavy for the guards. The army will find him scared to death. They're going to kill him. He says in Psalm 69, 20, New Living Translation says, their insults have broken my heart. I am in despair. If only one person would show me some pity. If only one would turn and comfort me. There was no one. He's by himself. Greatest temptation. Bearing down on him. He didn't know. He was days from being anointed king. Then there was Joseph. We know the story of Joseph. Thrown into prison for doing absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing wrong. And everybody would be released before him. He'd say, oh, please, go talk to the king for me. Please go talk to him. Forgotten. Absolutely forgotten. No one thinking about Joseph as they get released from prison for stuff they did do. Walking in the heat of the sun and playing at the kids and going for a swim. No one thought about Joseph. Lost and forsaken for doing absolutely nothing for years. Is this it? Is this why I was saved? Can you imagine the things running through his mind? There is no hope. No one cares about me. Death only waits. He's days from being released, becoming second in command, and God giving him a plan to feed all the Jews, keep them alive through seven years of famine. The pressure, the weight, unbearable. And you can't forget about Moses. How about Moses? Spent 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years on the backside of a desert. Again, having no clue he was going to be Israel's great deliverer. And the pressure and the fear and the running and the hiding. And the backside of a desert freezing at night and hot in the day. Giving up. I'm never serving God again. I'm done. I'm through. The weight and the pressure that comes from the enemy. Days, weeks, maybe months from fulfilling this great purpose that God has for your life. Now look, either you are or you're going to be or you have been or you will be. You are going to be tempted to abandon God's own purpose for your life on this earth. You are. We are in those days and we're just in it. There's nothing else I can come up here and try to deny it. That would do you no good. I believe my one of my greatest jobs is to prepare you for that which is coming so that you will be able to stand. And not only stand, but you'll be able to fulfill what God has for you to do in your life. Look, there are some weird things going on, and you know it. Truly weird. There are strange calamities going on. Strange. There are distresses. 
crazy storms, insane storms, temptations like never before. And God tells us about them. And even the disciples ran to him in Matthew 24, 3. Remember? He says, and they sat upon the Mount of Olives. Disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us what shall these things be and what shall be the signs of thy coming and the end of the world? Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. That's going on now. Many. There are all kind of voices out there now claiming to speak for God. Many of them. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. These are the beginning of sorrows. We're in this. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Now listen, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. That's the enemy's ploy. That's what he's attempting to do. We are in a season now of lawlessness like never, bef never before. We're in a time like I've never seen before. All these weird voices claiming to be speaking for God, causing many to go astray. It's okay. That's fine. That's all right. Anything you want, let's just sing and worship and praise God. Lawlessness like never before. Look, just last week in good old Zanesville, an argument broke out and some guy shot the woman right in the head. You read about it? You hear about it? Right here in Zanesville. What was it? Last Last week, crazy tornadoes. Last I knew, it was over 300 people killed from a tornado. Strange pressures, unbelievable things all around. So few now want to listen to the gospel. Seriously, so few. Even in our own church. So, what happens is the enemy comes at this unbelievable time and, and despair and pressure and heartache upon you and your greatest moment that God wants to use you. Almighty God. He attempts to fill your heart, to push you out of the way, that you will not fulfill the purpose that God has for you. How many times have you said, man, it's the use. I've said it. No one wants to listen anymore. You try, you try to do this, you try to do that, try to do this and say this and do that and organize. No one comes. What's the use? Look at our nation. Look at the laws. Maybe you'll say, look, it's running for president. Look what we have for pre whatever you want to say. And then how about this? Does my life count for anything? Are my efforts achieving anything? It's too heavy. That's what's going on. And it's working. Because we've told you for years, half the churches in America have not won one soul to the Lord. Why? They don't want it. Just like Christ was tempted to abandon his father's plan for redemption through the cross. That was his plan. That's why he came. That was his purpose. You and I as well are being attempt tempted by the enemy to abandon, now listen to this, to abandon the true gospel and to pick up another. The pressure's on. Matthew 24, 13 says this, but he that shall endure unto the end shall be saved. My end has not yet come. 
the end of the world has not yet come. So God says, those who shall endure unto the end shall be saved. Listen, and uh, this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then the end shall come. But there is a pressure on you to waver from this. To get away from it. It's all over. It's all over. All over. Every church is infected and infested with it. Well, look. The devil didn't know how Jesus was going to redeem man. He didn't know how. But he did know why he was here. He didn't know how, but he knew why. Why he was on this earth. He had to get him to abandon his purpose for being here. He didn't know how, but he knew something was up. And so we show you that little clip. Past lies. 1 Corinthians 2.8 says this which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They wouldn't have done it. They knew he was here to take back the keys when the enemy tricked Adam and Eve and took the authority of the earth, the keys. And Christ came back to take the enemy, knew it, but he didn't know how he was going to do it. So his goal was to just keep him, whatever that purpose was, to tempt him to abandon it. Just like he's attempting you to back off. No one's listening. No one cares. The Bible tells us this in Hebrews 4.15, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. <clears throat> you hold true to the Word of God for years. You stay true to us. True, true, true. You see your friends. You see your buddies. You see really close people. You see other churches. You see other pastors. You see it on TV over and over again. You hear it on the radio, how they're doing other things and believing in the other things. Not it seems to be as strict as you or as holy as you. Not as consistent as you. And after a while, you're going, uh -huh. let's look at the temptation of Christ. We probably won't have time to go through at least the first one we'll do. <clears throat> Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Into the wilderness. You know what? What are you going to do? Listen, you're not going to like this. What are you going to do if it is the purpose of God for you to lose your job? That somehow through the loss of your job, it's going to bring glory to God. Let me pick that one over there. That's how we are as Americans. You see, we always got this rosy finish line. I'm going to come to the finish line and Jesus and everybody's going to stand up going, one of our finest. It's the truth. Forty days tempted by the devil. And those, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Jesus hungered, starved for forty days. Man, I'm hungry. Here comes the enemy. The enemy says to him, and the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones that it be made bread. 
Now I've looked at this so many times. And through my last week of just studying and asking God, God, show me something that you want to show this church. Just weird that we're living in all this stuff. That's what he showed me. And I think he showed me more because it seems like that's where I am. Now, if you're in this thing for 34 hours, you're pumped for God. If you're in it for 34 days, you should be still pumped for God. We haven't killed you by then. 34 weeks, hopefully you're still pumped for God. 34 months, 34 years, actually probably more than that. And I believe the enemy was telling them, look, you have worked for years. You have sacrificed. You have hungered. You have put people ahead of you all your life. He has turned these stones into bread. Do something for yourself. Do something for yourself. Put them aside for them. Take care of your own needs. Always. Maybe you have different flesh than me. The devil was saying, use the power of God on yourself. Use the gospel for yourself. Use it on yourself. Besides, you're hungry and you're in need. Look, they don't they don't even care about it. Bless yourself. Look out for your own needs and your own faith. Turn that stone into bread so that you can fulfill your will. You are in a difficult, hard place. Use the gospel to make it easy on yourself. This is a temptation that is killing the church in America. We no longer want to sacrifice. We don't. Let people leave this church. If you even skirt that issue, go sacrifice it here. And that's what the enemy was doing to Jesus. He's like, I don't know how he's going to do it. I know he's here to redeem. Man, we're going to lose this. He's going to ruin everything. We've got to do something. Hey, I heard he's hungry. Rushed and said, hey, in that thought, you're hungry. You're hungry. You're battered. You're beaten. You're sick of people. You're tired of them. You're tired of ministry. You're tired of being a servant. And he comes. Do something for your sin. Let someone else nurse you. Let someone else be a musher. Let someone else carry this stuff. Let someone else sweep it. Let someone else take care of yourself. You are. You are. Christ knew he was on a mission <clears throat> and he had a purpose to fulfill. Look, you cannot miss that scripture where it says, in every way as you, he was tempted. He didn't go God button and just float over all that stuff and now I'm not hungry. He didn't have that God button. He had a man button. He hungered. And the pressure and the stress was on for him to use the gospel on himself and to forget about us. That's what we do. Every one of us have a purpose for being here and it comes from God. Every one of us, every one of you, a lot of you, some of you have let things in your life that has absolutely ruined 
what God has for you. And he doesn't care what he does. Again, he doesn't care how he'll, whatever. He'll bring a person in your life that absolutely ruins what God has spent all these years. Maybe from mom and dad, they poured the things of God into you. You have grown up, you have known better, and now you've attached yourself something ruining right before God's greatest purpose for your life could be fulfilled in your life. I heard this saying, it's not mine. I take no credit for any of this. I, I, I learn, search, and teach. The Spirit of God teaches me through things I find. The strength and the power of God comes from focusing on others, not yourself. This is when the church goes like this. When we start focusing on ourselves. The strength and the power of God comes from focusing on others. Others. Anytime in my life and in my ministry, if I start going, I'm tired of all this. I'm tired of all the nagging. I'm tired of all the claim. I'm going like this week. And I've told you throughout the years, Ruth, sometimes I'll say, you hear what's coming out of your mouth? Gosh, I'm sorry, Lord. Please help me forgive me. Lord, put love back in my heart. I'm going, you're getting strong again. As soon as I take the focus off of it, onto myself, turn those stones into bread. You're hungry. You're weak. They don't care. They're full. They ate. They don't even know you've been in the desert these 40 days fasting. Use your power on yourself. Take care of your own. Matthew tells us, the Lord said, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Christ said, that's my mission. I'm not going to turn these stones into bread. I'm on a mission. I'm on a purpose from God. This is why I'm here. This is why we're here. In that horrible time, Overcast, no hope, despair, shooting in the head in our own city. Let's gather up your kids, pull down the shades, load your gun, take care of your own. But you are hungry. You don't have to live in this hardship. But play with the Word of God, the tournament. You don't have to live in this hardship. You don't have to be hungry. Use the gospel to embetter yourself, to improve yourself, have a greater outlook about yourself. What if Christ would have adopted that? And that kind of pressure? Are you kidding me? I'd have caved in a second. I'd have probably caved before the enemy showed up. It's too heavy for you. You're right, man. This is too heavy. You can't do I know it. How do I get out? What if Christ would have started to change the stones and the difficult situations that he was called to to walk through for you and I, to be an example to you and I. What if he'd have changed those stones into bread and just sat there and stopped them and didn't care about them? How would he go to the cross? There's no way he would go to the cross. We have a gospel that's twisted. Why? You don't have to go through stuff like that. You're a child of the king, and I am. Gospel today that is preached all over the land. They want to take every hard situation. Stones. Stones. 
stones. Every hard situation that God might call you to walk through. Yea, though I walk through the valley. Every hard situation. And they want to change in to be soft. You're a child of the king. Every difficult situation, God says, climb that mountain. Every hard situation, the enemy comes. You make it easy. It's easy. If that's what you want to believe, it's all right. If that's what you want to do, it's okay. I see it on Facebook. Almost advertised weekly. Alternative to church. Come here. Such and such and such and such and such. And such. It's all right. Methodist church probably fighting a losing battle. They're probably going to ordain homosexuals. It's all right. It's too hard for them. It's easy. It's fine. Love them. I have been infected by this gospel. Oh, I have. It just came to light not too long ago. I've had hundreds and hundreds of messages from Wilkerson. Loved his preaching. Pastor Bender, which you hopefully men, sign up. I'm already going, they're not going to sign up. I'm having those thoughts that you're not having. I, I know my wife's probably struggling with those thoughts for uh, National Day of Prayer. That's what's in us. We've, so hundreds and hundreds of, of tapes. I, and I told Adam, I took my youth group to hear David Wilkerson preach when I was Adam's age. That's how long ago. I loved his preaching. I loved his ministry. It was something you could rely on, count on, never wavered. And then I get a text late at night. David Wilkerson has been killed in Carpenter. I'm going, no, no. And then it came back, Googled it, confirmed it. My son from New York confirmed it as well. And I'm stunned, just sitting there stunned. I told my wife, I, what? I, I know he had to die. I know that. He'd be 80 in May. This month, he turned 80. So it's not like he died. I'm thinking, he waved. He died in a car. He wavered off the, he wasn't wearing, what? He died. What? I told my wife, I feel so vulnerable. Was that way all night? Then I woke up the next morning and went, Shh, what would you have done? You're walking in the days that we read about in the Word of God. And you hear they beheaded the apostle. What? what? You see, I had in my American Christian head that David Wilkerson would get up on his white stallion, seriously, and just gallop off into heaven. It's awesome. Praise God. Keep preaching the word of God. Go for it. Never change. Never change. I did. In my car crash. Poof. With my American history. None of them went. They were sawed asunder. Beheaded. Wives never seeing their husband again. And I'm going, it's in me. It's in me. I've been infected. I don't know if they still do this. Remember the TV test? And you'd look at it for like two days. If it didn't turn red, you're sick. 
It's like, oh my gosh, it's in me. I had this fairy tale ending. Been infected. The enemy is turning this glorious gospel. You heard the testimonies. Little Gideon thing. Muslims get that stupid thing. How'd it go? Someone picks it up. They get saved just by reading the word of God. It's taking this glorious gospel. The enemy is turning this gospel message in. Turn those stones into bread. Take care of yourself. Feed yourself. Why are you fasting this long? For them who don't care. The me gospel is alive and well. Let's stand, please. I wanted to get into the other temptation, but we'll just save that for maybe another, another message. Please remember this. The strength and the power of God that you long for, the strength and the power of God comes from focusing on others. Focusing on others. Some of you are getting beat up time and time and time again. For whatever reason. I don't know. Life out there is just enough. Raining all the time. Having crazy rain all over the place. At my house looking at something with a couple guys trying to figure out how to fix this or fix that. It wasn't even raining that day. It was actually a little bit of sun that day. You're out the back, my backyard. You're standing looking at my backyard. West is here. Wind constant. You got them little gliders that you sit on, you know, with the little thing. I picked that thing up six times this spring already. We just put it out because the wind just keeps taking and it's blowing. I had all kinds of things go wrong. Just just got this truck and there's some issues with it. All this stuff is minor. It's building, it's built, it's building. And so I'm outside. All of a sudden, the wind picks up that glider again. And it always goes that way. Always goes that way. Picks it up. It went this way and threw it down on top of our glass picnic table. So even ridiculous things like that can just say, eh, where's the bread? Them guys can have their own church. I want some peanut butter, jelly, and bread. I'm saying, here, Ruth, let's go just dig out. Let's grab our hammock. Let's grab our lemonade. Ruth, even being sick all week on top of it, said in her frog-like voice at that time, all this stuff is minor. The truth, God will fix it all. This is what I heard when I'm walking out up to here. And so it goes, geez. He's right. It's only a stupid truck. It's only a stupid this. It's only a stupid table. It's only do not fall. Look, you are all targets for the enemy to turn this gospel in word. We are taking care of ourselves. And you will no longer sacrifice or take the risk that God calls you. And the reason why you're here is for the purpose of God. You're up here, lifted up high, and God's going to say, okay, it's time. This is what I've called you. What? This is why I put all this stuff in you, all this knowledge, all this God. This is why I placed you in this city, in this county, in this church to hear this word. There it is. Take that right. Go. Go down. Down in the valley. We have the tendencies to walk this. To try to please God. We get beat up. We get lied about. We get stabbed in the back. We're told this. We're told that. We keep trying to walk. Keep trying to serve God. Keep trying to have a good attitude, a, a better attitude. You try to keep serving God. And all of a sudden, 
You see your way? Let's get it. Here we go. Come on. Had enough. Get him. And you turn it on the inside. You turn it back to him. Every one of you, listen, please. Every one of you are called of God for a purpose, for a plan to fulfill. He's filled his spirit in you. He's taken the filth out of you. You're so close to fulfilling his purpose. Some of you have latched onto things that are killing you and robbing you from the purpose God has. You have to cut it off. I don't care if you love it. You have to cut it off. That's our altar call. If all of a sudden, if you are closed fist, I'm done. And our altar call is this. Watch me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Sorry, sorry. That's all. 